Hello and welcome to the Convincing Podcast again for episode 8. Um, thanks for tuning in. I'm Matthew and I'm joined today by my co-host Thomas. How are you Thomas? I'm good. Here we are for a, another video, another podcast of the Convincing News. This is episode 8 now. Yeah, n- nearly uh, going to hit number 10 soon. Yeah. Which means it's been eight weeks uh, now since we started, which is two months. Yeah. That's crazy. crazy. <laughs> so uh, please subscribe if you want to get more news roundups like this. Um, we're available on lots of platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And a quick disclaimer, we are not offering legal advice, but just an overview of the convincing news. So, shall we jump in? Sure thing. So, um, this week, uh, the first article we're going to be viewing is from the Law Society Gazette. It is, um, it is essentially, this article is about a, um, it's a list created by the Gazette uh, themselves, the Law Society Gazette, which is about firms that are, uh, that have a lot of furloughs and freezes uh, in terms of the uh, employees freezing their salaries or cons- uh, giving them furloughs, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we uh, we Googled what furlough really means because I thought it was an agricultural term, but it's not. It only relates to um, basically allowing staff to take leave um, but in this case, it's, it's more like forcing them to take leave. Mm. Uh, I mean, they understand the situation, so they're they're willing to take leave. So, um, I guess I, I mean it's an official government scheme as well. I think I don't know if what the government are covering, but um, this list on the Law Society covers a few firms like Gowling, WLG I've never heard of them Linklaters yeah, DLA Piper Forsters I've heard of Shoesmiths some of these other ones maybe I should um, look at more lists of big firms so I, I know what their names are yeah um, it, one of the firms uh, stated on this list, uh, which is DWF, mm-hmm. um, it is not going to be furloughing or um, freezing salaries. Uh, neither is it going to be laying off any staff at the moment. It, um, it, I'm not sure why this is, but I guess it's um, it's one in a million because at the moment it seems like a lot of these big firms are doing it Hmm. yeah these these last shoesmiths I don't think they're um, doing it either they're only for people who want to do it Hmm. Um, Gowling WLG is furloughing staff from May to October so they're going to do it all up till October so they're not even if the restrictions end, they're not um, thinking of ending it until then. Mm. Well, uh, Gowling is also encouraging an unpaid leave and sabbaticals. That's a little. Mm. Mm. It's a. Uh, 
little sanding. The Forsters is following 60 staff out of 426. That's a lot. It's quite a big percentage. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I think it's going to be a shorter episode today um, because of the coronavirus working from home. Yeah. And um, a lot of these articles are going to be about uh, furloughing as well. Like this one here, um, city law furloughs and pay freezes continue. From the uh, cheek. Exactly. Um, I, yeah. I mean, this is just a very, very similar article, isn't it? Even mentions yeah. the same firms. It doesn't start uh, with the same uh, one, but it has it as the second one here, Gowling LG. It probably is. This is just probably one of the biggest things at the moment on the, on the, uh, you know, in the market. It's something so, big that's happening. It's pretty bad. Yeah, this one is furloughing non-fearness, so I guess that most fearness would continue during the lockdown. Yeah. But sort of non-essential stuff. I mean, furloughing is is a leave, but it's not a permanent leave, is it? It's not um, sacking them. Is it not just yeah, I guess allowing just... them to take a break and then they can come back after? That's better than just sacking them, really. Yeah. It's at least they can come back later on. That I think that's more important. That that would probably be better than sacking a lot of people, in my opinion, because at least after everything goes, you know, blows over, you can at least go back to work. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just um, temporary, temporary leave. These mm. comments, I mean, obviously we can't, we got to take the comments with a pinch of salt because people could falsify stuff, but this guy says he's a DLA Piperson trainee and he a friend from university works at Shoesmiths and they've already been furloughed this was yesterday so that where it says Shoesmiths isn't furloughing anyone yet is not true because obviously that's from someone who knows that yeah I mean again it could be it could be uh a fake uh, comment but I kind of doubt it because there's not really a reason to mm. yeah I guess it was bound to happen are quite negative saying people will be fired laid off quickly mm. I mean, I mean like I just said yeah. furloughing is a lot better than uh, sacking people because this might you know last maybe Maybe it lasts another month or two, and then you can just go back to work. That would be ideal, but right now, I don't know. Maybe it affects uh, people differently. Like, I think the thing is, in this industry, you've got to be fast. If you, if you hang around, and you don't know what's going to happen, and things are really slow after the lockdown ends, you don't want to be... You want to cut quickly mm. to the max to protect yourself to the maximum I mean if the company goes down everybody's lost their jobs you know yeah. you, you can invite people back later if once you need the staff again but I mean it's a difficult situation but I think people should be trying to protect themselves yeah of course I mean 
again, furloughing is better than sacking, but it still means that people won't be getting money. So if no one's been saving up for the past couple months for something like this to happen, which I don't think anyone really expected, well, now they might be in a bit of a pinch. Uh, This next thing, I I think last week I said I wanted to know what the government scheme was. I think we did read one article about how much support the government's giving to firms that are furloughing. Mm. Or it was a guy calling for the government to to give a give out a grant or something. But um, yeah, unless unless you're getting paid, how how can people afford to furlough? You know how you can't even afford to reduce people's uh, salary because it's just gonna gonna go bust in no time. Yeah, it's true. It's. It's a tough situation. I mean, I'm not sure if this is a good way of handling it or if it's a bad way. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. This next article is from a a new website. I haven't done this one before, The Negotiator, and it's also talking about furloughs. And this one is from the... uh, Negotiator. Yeah, this one's from On The Market, though. I mean, the furloughs that it's talking about um, Mm. in this article is from On The Market. Apparently, it's furloughed 22% of its workforce and it's cut salaries to the remaining staff. Mm. This might be, I think it's one of the worst cases we so might have So, do they get reduced yet. pay or they just you just say, take some leave, I'm not going to pay you anything? Mm. So, they got rid of 22%, they cut the salaries of the remaining 78%. Um... Yeah, does cut salary mean that they've completely cut their salary, or does it mean they've just like cut it in half? It or says here they've cut wages. Oh, uh, by twenty percent. Twenty percent, including the senior team. Yeah. They've reduced its pool of contract IT workers, so basically they've laid off all the IT staff. That's going to have an effect. Yeah, definitely. It's poor contractors. They don't have a leg to stand on. They their contracts can just be terminated. They don't even have to be paid like a member of staff. And, uh... I mean, 20% is a lot, but at least they're still willing to pay these 78% uh, remaining 78% uh, workforce. I'm not sure how many they have, though. If it's a lot of them, then that's kind of okay. But if it's only like 200 people, which is still kind of a big chunk. So not... it says they have 8.5 million in the bank, like they're, they're cash rich. So imagine companies that are like already overdrawn. It's mm. not like they've got a, a reserve of cash to, to call on. True. Yeah, well, moving on, we have um, this next article is from the BBC and it says that Chancellor Sunak warns of tough times for the UK's economy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, with the coronavirus now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this graph here it looks like they're they're predicting a bounce back. So there's going to be a big drop 
in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, in quarter two. Mm. But quarter three, quarter four could be a significant bounce back as people run out to to get back back out there after the the lockdown. Yeah. Yeah, it is saying that there's going to be a pretty significant bounce. It'll go down 35%, but apparently it'll go up, and then it'll go beyond the the general, and it'll go above by about 26 27%, and then it'll go back down slowly. Mm. Um, I'd be so bad at first, but it if it might drop goes, by nearly 40 but then it'll go up by 30 and then sort of stay higher for longer. Yeah. To, to level it out. But that kind of assumes people are just going to kick off again from where they left off. Mm. Maybe some people rethink things and try to protect themselves, and by doing that, it kind of stalls the economy. Mm. It's almost like we have a duty to go out and spend some money after this is all over. Yeah, I don't doubt people do it, though. Well, actually... Now that we're looking at all the furloughs and everything, it might not be something people will do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there will be people who genuinely le- have less cash in their pockets. Yeah, and they won't be able to do as much to get the money circling again. But that's not their bad. It's not their fault. Hopefully everyone can get their jobs back, and if anyone who's listening to this podcast has been affected by this, we sincerely hope you can... Yeah get back on track and get everything sorted out again and this uh, chart shows that this is the worst economic downturn since 1709 I don't know how they have all those statistics going back that far it's good that they do though I guess I guess the bank it's the Bank of England must have stored those records hmm So I guess it's this. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, I guess this is, uh, this is not something anyone could have anticipated. It's hitting, it seems to be hitting every single sector in an equal manner. Yeah. You would have imagined the banks would be more prepared after the last financial crisis. I mean, the banks haven't really complained yet. I must admit they haven't been saying, uh, like we're not we're going out of business or anything like that but it says here um, they estimate if we have a three month lockdown it would the UK would have to borrow another 273 billion this year 14% of GDP it's going to increase the borrowing yeah so that's the largest deficit since World War II when we had to borrow all the money to, to fight the war it's crazy mm. okay let's move on yeah we should this next one is from Legal Futures and it is about a parale- uh, paralegal who's left a firm after a storm because they said um, that well, they, 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 they said, said yeah, 
She stated that Boris deserved to get coronavirus or the prime minister deserved to be ill with the coronavirus. There's another story like this, a bigger story in the national press. A union boss said the same thing. Well, actually, I think he said um, that he hoped Boris... Oh, yeah, he said if Boris dies, uh, we'll have a party. Hmm... Um, so she's not I mean she never said she wanted him to die like he did no yeah that's different I mean she didn't really say I don't think she said something very very bad although it isn't very nice regardless but like, I mean, in comparison with him it's it's different yeah she said he completely deserves this and he is one of the worst prime ministers we've ever had I mean that's kind of political statement, but then to wish somebody to be ill is a bit over the top, isn't it? Yeah, like I just said, it still isn't then, necessary. Then again, I doubt she knows him personally, um, so she wouldn't have expected it to be taken personally. Hmm. It's just one of those things people say, stupid things. Yeah, I mean, this was on the internet, and it wasn't something she stated in a you know public manner you know in a crowd of people or anything she kind of just posted it on facebook Uh, in my opinion in both of these situations you don't have to unless you just want popularity or people to respond to you saying they agree or they don't agree it's it's like shock not really necessary yeah i mean right now uh she's have to she's had to leave this firm that we're talking about so it's a bit Uh, silly she's like a labor supporter I think and I think she's been kicked out of there as well yeah they condemned her remarks and withdrew the whip from her meaning she can't sit as a Labour Labour councillor anymore so you know her political position she shouldn't you know bring personal attacks into politics really you know no I mean it's you know it's bad that she said these things but if you say them while you're off your job and you don't say them in a you know like she says it like she said it it doesn't really seem like they should do that sort of a thing either way like sacker and all that Mm. this next one's from the daily mail and it says stamp duty holiday should be on the cards to get the property market moving after coronavirus and this is said by um the royal institute of Chartered surveyors. Ricks. Oh, yeah. Ricks. So, um, if I understand this correctly, it's essentially saying that the in the property market, uh, I'm not sure if it's the government, but they should just remove tax for a small while when buying a house after the coronavirus. So maybe we could, you know, say maybe two months or maybe a month. I'm not entirely sure how long. But they should remove the tax to help anyone trying to buy their house again or or something after this whole crisis. And it seems reasonable, in my opinion, because of everything that's happening, people being sacked, people being furloughed, and then banks lending less money. Well, of course, things are going to be way harder as they were before. So even in after like a month or two after this is all blown over, they should maybe allow maybe up to three months so that you can just be able to purchase your house uh, mm. without that added tax because it's probably going to be very hard for a lot of people at the moment. Yeah, I mean, my take, I guess it won't happen because it would be unfair because 
people that paid tax before would be like, hey, we had to pay tax, how come these people aren't paying tax? And then when they stop it, then people have to start paying tax again, and then they'd be like, well, how come those people got, you know, be unfair? But, um, you know, again, it's just any government intervention is just a bad idea in the marketplace, you know. Mm. I mean, I'd like to see stamp duty just completely abolished if they could, like, raise taxes some other way. And then the pro- price of the property is just the price of the property. Yeah. Rather than, you know, adding on all that extra tax, making it harder for people to, to get a start. But, uh, we, you know, if we have to have stamp duty, then it can't be... You can't have a holiday from it because it would only benefit a small amount of people. I mean, sure, mm. a lot of people, it would, it would get the market going because everyone would run to try to get... take advantage of the offer. But by the sound of it, there's not the banks aren't even going to be lending enough money as it is. It sounds yeah. like you know you're going to have to wait three months just to get a mortgage offer. Yeah, that's why people yeah. should be getting on with it now if they if they want to do it. I guess, but still, I guess if it was done properly, it would be nice. There's another one from the Mail here, Daily Mail. Yeah. Um, act now if your mortgage deal ends in three months. Getting a new one will take longer mid-coronavirus crisis. Um, yeah, it's. I guess this one's saying kind of... Saying it's talking about a lot of the things that we've talked before Similar in other weeks. what we were saying, yeah. I mean, uh, why would your mortgage deal be ending? Do people take some kind of temporary... Mortgage. Okay. Okay. Hello. We had a bit of a bit of a an issue, so we're back. And this uh, article uh, is from the Daily Mail as well, and it says, "Act now if your mortgage deal ends in three months, as getting a new one will take longer amid coronavirus uh, crisis." So this one's a bit self-explanatory. Um, if your if your mortgage is going to end in three months, make sure you try and get it paid as soon as possible and finish it because taking any longer or maybe getting a new one during this crisis or maybe shortly after will most likely be something that's going to be very hard to pay off or very difficult to go through the process. I'm guessing hmm. is that is that what do you think about it, Matthew? Yeah, I was just wondering what kind of mortgage deals um, make people, you know. They'd be desperate to remortgage. I guess they could remortgage to release equity, but I guess also they could have taken a mortgage that might only last for a certain amount of time, like an interest-free mortgage maybe that needs to be paid at the end. They might want to switch product. I mean, there's so many different products. I don't really know which, yeah. which ones particularly they're talking about. But, um, yeah, it's certainly a good idea, you know, if you, if you need any kind of mortgage to sort of get on with it now. So, um, anyway, let's yeah, move on to yeah. our country life. Our lovely country life house, which we do every single week. This so, is a biggie. This is a biggie. We've got 70 acres of garden, ladies and gentlemen. 70 acres. This is the largest garden or largest gardens we've had yet. 
This is an arts and crafts mansion that was home to Queen drummer Roger Taylor. Oh, wow. I didn't see that before. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Look the at drummer that. from Queen, yeah. It's like three stories on the front, but it's like lovely. The roofs, you know, slope all the way down. Mm. It's like... Um, Hedges, no? Yeah, you got hedges uh, surrounding the house, which is pretty funny. Yeah, I was going to say, is it Tudor? It's kind of the windows. Uh, they've got that... The um, <laughs> How do you say? Like rectangular squares on them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I know what you mean. I think everyone else will as well. When was it built? It's got a lovely big gravel drive. You could mm. fit a heck of a lot of cars on there. Yeah. Oh, the inside doesn't look like it's furnished at all. So they must have sold it recently. Or they're trying to sell it recently and they've moved away. Mm. Or repossessed, I don't know. They're very big rooms. Yeah. This one has a furnace, a furnace, a fireplace in it. Mm. It's got those lovely um, windows and everything. It's What's got this? A big it's got a big lake there, and there's a mill. I think this is the mill. I saw a picture yeah. of the mill earlier. So it's got... It might have an old water wheel. I haven't seen it in the pictures, but... Obviously, this is not... This is just in the ground. It's like a mm. whole other building. So it's available through Savills. It's got an asking price in excess of five million. Five million, ladies and gentlemen, that's the the, the highest price we've ever done as well. I'm very sure. It's actually, if you think about it, quite cheap for for that amount of you know property. You've got a huge house. To, yeah, story. definitely. Um, actually, scroll down a little second. I think I saw something. Uh, what's this? The interiors span more than 17,750 square feet. <laughs> that is mental. That's a lot. Drawing room, dining room, morning room, family kitchen, spa family complex kitchen. with pool, spa bath, steam room and gym. That's crazy. That's all of that is in this house, and I don't think we have images of those things. I think we mostly got images of the lovely garden, gardens, the kitchen, and a bit of the mill. Although I'm not sure if we can see the mill very well. It says for more pictures and details, visit on the market. Oh yeah, look at that on the market. That's so, what, uh, what we covered earlier. Does Savile sell through on the market then, or maybe they're the same company? Maybe they're yeah both. So on the, the market, it's just a competitor to uh, really uh, right move, isn't it? Yeah, that big one we reviewed um, a while back. Yeah, it says there's a party barn. That would be good. Oh, which was originally used as a rehearsal space and a recording studio. So if you want to own a house that was originally owned by the Queen uh, Queen's drummer, then pop out some five million pounds and it's all yours with that i guess we'll be finishing this week's podcast yep that concludes this week's episode um thank you very much for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe drop us a comment in the comment section maybe on youtube be the best place to do that 
Mm, exactly. And make sure you tell us anything that you'd like to say, send us some articles you'd like to, uh, for us to check out and comment on as well. We might not put them in a video, but we might comment um, in the comment section below. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, stay safe. And with that, we'll yeah. say goodbye. Yep, yeah, thanks. Bye. Bye.